0: Shelly Carson earned her Ph.D. in psychology from Harvard, where she continues to teach and conduct research on creativity, psychopathology, and resilience. Her book is Your Creative Brain, Seven Steps to Maximize Imagination, Productivity, and Innovation in Your Life. Hello, Dr. Carson.
1: Hello, Douglas. Thank you for inviting me to join you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've talked about both creative and ADHD people sharing some cognitive behaviors such as distractibility, inattentiveness, and novelty-seeking. How can those traits be positive for creative work?
1: Well, I think the, um, the distraction element is associated with having multiple interests or being attracted to multiple things in the environment. And if we think about creativity as being the ability to combine and recombine bits of information in novel and original ways to come up with creative ideas, then we can see that the more things that you're interested in, the more things that, um, more uh, little bits of information that you have stored in your brain, uh, the more likely it is that you will have, will be able to come up with novel and original combinations.
0: Yes. That makes sense. I just uh, ran across an an author who talks about multi-passionate people, and I I like that phrase, and I think that that applies.
1: I like it better than polymath.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) A little too stuffy. (laughs) Um, on the other hand, I've, I've uh, read some writings by Stanford professor Clifford Nass, N-A-S-S, who's done research indicating that multitasking and divided attention spans adversely affect creativity. So what's, what's your sense of that kind of research?
1: Well, I, I'm sorry to say I haven't read NASA's, um work, but I, I will definitely do that when we have finished. But there is there's research from neuroscience that suggests that multitasking is actually a myth and that we can't really pay attention to more than two things at the same time. And they say two because there's some evidence that each hemisphere of the brain can be focusing on one thing. But um, what you're really doing is switching your attention from one thing back to another, back to another, and back to another. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you're dividing your attention. You aren't really multitasking. You're really doing one thing at a time, going back and forth.
0: Right. Right. Well, in in the book, you describe seven brain activation patterns, uh, including openness. And you also co-authored a paper a while ago on decre- decreased latent inhibition, which uh, really intrigued me. And is that... The the same phenomenon you're referring to as openness, or it's different.
1: Right. No, it actually is the same um, phenomenon, and in fact, we've also found that openness is associated with decreased latent inhibition, as well as creativity being associated with it. And it's a type of cognitive disinhibition, or um, latent inhibition is a type of cognitive inhibition that sort of limits the contents of conscious awareness. And we all do this. We have to do this in order to survive. If we were consciously aware of everything that's being processed in our brains and all of the information that's coming in through our senses, we'd be completely overwhelmed and we wouldn't be able to attend to tasks or goals. And so uh, we have these various levels and uh, of in information processing of Sort of filtering out information that isn't relevant to our current experiences or to survival. And that allows us to focus on the task at hand.
0: Well, in, in that uh, earlier paper, and maybe in the book as well, I've, I, I just got the book, and it's really fascinating. Oh, thank you. Uh, you said, you referred to the idea that, uh, uh, quote, it appears likely that low levels of latent inhibition and exceptional flexibility in thought might predispose to mental illness under some conditions and creative accomplishment under others. Can you say a little, just a little more about that, what... How how does this flexibility um, lead to to perhaps conditions like schizophrenia, and how does it lead to creativity?
1: Okay, well, the first thing I want to say is that the flexibility and latent inhibition would be two separate cognitive components. So, reduced or low levels of latent inhibition or of any kind of cognitive inhibition would allow more information to feed forward into conscious awareness. Uh, In other words, less information is being filtered out. Now, if you combine this additional information in conscious awareness with uh, other cognitive strengths, such as high IQ or um, a high working memory capacity or cognitive flexibility, then you would be able to use that extra information in conscious awareness again to combine and recombine in novel and original ways. Follow link in description to learn more.